When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. A very special podcast. We not only have a lot to get to here, but George, this is the first official all-season Blue Horseshoe Podcast ever created. Welcome to yeah, you know, hey, it's a big day for us. Uh, in a lot of ways, we've been looking forward to this one for a while. <laughs> Most people count down the days to when the season starts, and maybe count down the days till you know training camp. Here we are, count down the days to get this season open. Let's get the offseason pods rolling here. But we do appreciate you joining us for the first official offseason pod of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast right here on Odyssey. We got a lot to break down from. We are hours removed from Chris Ballard's end of the year press conference. We have a lot of takeaways to dive into, a lot of takeaways to get from just Saturday's end of the year press conference and the players kind of final reactions to this 2022 failed season as well. So let's start with the most recent bit of news here. And I think press conference, George, I was looking forward to the most. I'm about yourself, but at least for me, hearing Chris Ballard talk about the failures of 2022, what went wrong, what didn't. There's so much to take away here. I have one big positive one big, I guess, negative. We'll say from from this uh, from this uh, or from this press conference. You want to start good or bad here? Um, let's start with the good. Okay, for me at least, I thought the biggest positive of this uh, press conference is that Chris Ballard admitted basically and kind of saw fault of the quarterback carousel going the veteran route every single year. And without saying it, because I don't think you could say it now, but without saying it, conveyed the message that basically the Colts are gonna get a quarterback in the draft, and he made it known that if they identify the guy, if they have a guy in the draft, and not name anyone, but if, if they find a quarterback that they say, this is our guy, the guy, we'll do whatever it takes to move up to number one. We'll do whatever it takes to get him. So at least for me, that makes me feel good knowing forward that this is finally, I think it's safe to say the quarterback carousel is going to come to an end. And not only that, the Colts are not shy about doing whatever it takes to talk with the Bears and move up and pay the price in order to get a guy that hopefully – in a decade, can be the guy. I think that's always been the case. You know, I, I think the whole time he's been here, that's always been the case. I think what's different this year is what they the ability they have to make it happen. You know, if, if you had identified the guy in 2019, for instance, where were you picking? You know, you, you, you didn't have a shot. You were down at the end of the first round. You ended up trading out that year and getting, I think, Rockus in. Um, you know, it, there wasn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't on the table for you. Now, I thought one of the interesting things that he talked about was 2020 was the closest. And I, I would agree. You know, they, they made the decision to go with DeForest Buckner, uh, which he's, I think, right in defending that call. I mean, DeForest Buckner is a, a cornerstone of this franchise. Um, but this year, I think sitting there at number four, knowing that the ability to end this quarterback carousel is three picks away, it's a totally different circumstance if you identify the guy. And I think that's, that's going to be the big question moving forward. You know, does he think Bryce young is worth trading up to number one? Like we do. Does he think CJ Stroud's worth trading up to number one? Does he think Will Levis is worth trading up to number one? 
Um, if the answer to any one of those is yes, then he's going to move up. If the answer to all of them is yes, then they'll, you know, I think that then they've got a good problem, you know, on their hands right. and, and they can sit down and make that pick, but I don't think they can stay in Pat. That's why I think that was the big positive takeaway for me. I, I look at the situation. I understand the fans that, that want to sit there at four and, and think CJ Stroud will fall to them. And, you know, that's their preferred way to, to go about this. I just think you are playing with fire. Uh, not only is Chicago going to get a lot of offers at one, everybody behind you, Carolina, um, comes to mind right away. Washington comes to mind right away. Everybody behind you who's trying to end their own quarterback problems knows they've got to get up to three ahead of you. And so even if Chicago sits and picks, which I think is unlikely at this point, the odds of Arizona trading out of three go up tremendously at the moment that happens. I don't think the Colts can sit in hope anymore. It, to me, that's this year's Band-Aid, is sitting there at four and just you know taking whoever comes. I think they need need to to be aggressive, identify a quarterback, and go get him. And it sounds like that's something that Ballard's you know open to. So that to me, that was a really good takeaway. I hundred percent agree. And to Chris Ballard's credit, he kind of defended himself in this aspect during the press conference on on Tuesday. Was the fact that he's made you know aggressive moves before in trading, like you said, the the I believe it was a thirteenth overall pick in the twenty twenty draft. Now I was thinking for DeForest Buckner, which is a known commodity, and like I said, that worked out pretty well so far. Um, he traded a first round pick eventually that, you know, that turned into a first round pick for Carson Wentz. So they've taken swings. Some have worked, some have not. Like I said, just the acknowledgement that if we're going to find, or if we're going to get our guy in the draft, basically sitting at four is not going to work for us and basically not going to have to be the plan of action. I think it's encouraging at least the fact that again, for the first, like you can actually feel pretty good with the Colts do whatever it takes to get the guy. Now, like I said, the big question and the big, uh, discussion we'll have over the next three, three, four months is going to be who do the Colts identify as the guy? Do they even pick one of these four guys uh, that are out in the draft as the guy? Because, you know, we've talked about, oh, just take a quarterback. And Chris Ballard's talked about before, oh, you know, just take any guy and for a few months, you'll, you know, the pressure will be off. But as soon as that guy struggles, then all of a sudden you're out of a job. And again, we've seen the history kind of shows you if you swing and miss on quarterbacks, most will get a second chance. But again, you don't really get many other opportunities. And with Chris Ballard kind of already being, as long into, into his tenure as he's been. He's not a first, second year guy. That leash gets insanely short if you swing and miss on a Will Levis and he doesn't work out in a year or two, or even a Bryce Young. I mean, we both think are high in him, but the reality is there's no guarantees. If Bryce Young stinks in a year or two, Chris Bowles probably out of a job. But that's going to be the big question now is will they, you know, who will they identify to be the guy, if anyone? But at least the good news is I think as a Colts fan who's sitting here on January 10th, you can feel good that they will make or they will do whatever it takes. There's, there's no price too high to get to number one, or even like it gets to maybe number three, assuming that if the Bears stick a one, you're not going to probably trade with the Texans at two. And if your guys just in there are three, even if it's one pick up, they'll do whatever it takes. So they will not be outbid like we we're kind of talking about on the on the postgame pod on Sunday. They'll not be outbid for their guy, which I think is a great thing. Yeah, that, that to me is the number one thing this year. Uh, it sounds like they're going to go the draft route. Uh, some of the players even made reference to that in the locker room, you know, passing reference to the idea that they'll probably be playing with a rookie quarterback. Uh, so I think that's the that's the understanding from pretty much the entire organization right now uh, that that's the direction they're most likely headed in. And if, if it is, I think you've got to be aggressive. So it was good to hear him say that they're open to that idea of thinking. That was my biggest positive. Do you have another takeaway, George, that you thought was like, a, I guess, a, a shining light for the, the future of this team going forward here with Chris Ballard? I don't know if there's like anything on that level, you know, of 
feeling that good about it, but I, I did think it was interesting that he said they're not limiting themselves in this coaching search to, you know, offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. They're not going to, to get stuck on one side of the ball. And I think as important as it is, you know, overall, as much as I personally usually favor the offensive minds, especially the young offensive minds, you can just look at the playoffs and see it works both ways. I mean, Brandon Staley, uh, for all the warts that he has, has the Chargers in the playoffs this year. Sean McDermott has the Bills as one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, they come to mind right away as defensive guys who are out there, you know, leading their teams. So um, I think what's important with the defensive side and, and what I tried to ask about it, and he kind of answered it in a little bit different way. Um, but I think what's important with the, if it is a defensive guy is what structure are they going to put around that young quarterback? Who is your offensive coordinator, who's your quarterback's coach, you know, what's your plan for that rookie. But I, I, I think it's good to have as wide a field as you can. And if the best candidate's a defensive coordinator, if it's, you know, Idro Evero from the, the Broncos, if it's, you know, another Dan name Green out there, from the, Cowboys, Glenn from the Lions, right. you know, um, make the pick. You know, I, I think you definitely shouldn't limit yourself just based on the fact that he's a defensive guy. I would agree. Like I said, I'm with you. I prefer an offensive mind just because, in part, if it works out, number one, you're going to have a rookie quarterback that's going to make his, his transition a little bit better. But also, two, you don't have to worry about the guy leaving. Right? That's the that's the biggest concern when it comes to like a, a special teams coordinator as a head coach or a defensive coordinator as a head coach is that they have to hire an offensive staff. And you have to not only believe in that defense coordinator, special teams coordinator as the head coach, but also believe in their offensive plan, especially when you're the Colts, where we believe they're going to get a rookie quarterback. You have to have a, a true system in place that will help groom and develop this young guy, not just kind of throw him into the fire or kind of screw it up. We've seen plenty of teams just kind of willy-nilly their young quarterbacks of the system. Like, look at the Patriots putting a defensive coordinator. Now, now I don't think the core of the Colts are would go to that extreme of putting a defensive guy as an offensive coordinator and screwing you know the development of Mac Jones up. But it's a real concern when you kind of go someone that's not an offensive mind as a coach is like that you have to believe in not only them, their offensive plan as well. And you also have to believe in their hiring ability. Because like I said, if if the young quarter if the young quarter the Colts have succeeds and succeeds early, well, most chances are now we're gonna hear that guy's name as a head coaching uh, candidate sooner rather than later. And that means that offensive coordinator is gonna get a head coaching job and they, they you know the, whoever the head coach you got to hire a new offensive coordinator, you have to kind of go through that cycle a few times over and over and over again. And it's, sometimes it's tough. It's frustrating. And that's part of the reason why having even just an offensive-minded head coach, not even having him call the plays and be the offensive coordinator, but just an offensive-minded head coach does make it easier when you have a young quarterback because there is that stability there inherently because they're not going to leave. Unlike, you know, if you do hire a defense coordinator or a special teams coach that, again, if things go well, it'd be great. It's a great problem to have. But then also you're going to probably lose a lot of continuity with constant switching in and out of guys in their in their, uh, in their their head and kind of offensive systems as well. So. I'm with you. Like best candidates should be hired, but that's you know you're not gonna. I wouldn't hire the third or fourth best candidate just because he's an offensive guy, and the first three are you know defensive coordinators. And that's the best you know the best candidate for the job. But like I said, preferably it'd be an offensive guy. But like I said, I do like Chris Ballard kind of casting a wide net and just even just even if you interview guys from different backgrounds, hearing different ideas, you mm -hmm. know, like oh you know that's a good idea. I'll steal that, use it you know for the next system going forward here. So I'm um, with you there. We talked about it earlier too. I, you might get a better candidate on the defensive side just because side of the ball right now. That as the roster that you're walking into, that side of the ball is more ready to win, and and there might be more defensive coaches uh, of higher quality who who want to come in and take on that challenge. 
And it also comes back to leadership as well. Uh, I feel like a key word, a buzzword we've heard a lot really the last eight weeks when Jeff Satter was hired. And I don't think we saw a lot of leadership to be frank. And now you kind of look at that. If you can get at least a good leader, said no matter where, he, what kind of side of the ball he's on, if you are a good leader who makes good decisions, guys will follow that want to come here. And like I said, you can still have, you know, a successful team. Like I said, like the Bills with Sean McDermott's a perfect example of that, of Josh Allen's development still going fine, still going through the Bills, still being a Super Bowl contender right now, no matter Kind of who's been an offense coordinator here the last uh, last two weeks. All right, so that was some positives there, some some big ones. We'll get into also a few other minor details about Chris Ballard's press conference here in a second. But let's also just get to the negative side here, George, because I will say the one thing that scared me, the one thing that got me nervous uh, was when Chris Ballard was talking about, although he'll head up the head coaching search, which I think is great for the Colts, he said ultimately it's going to come down to Jim Mercer and Jim Mercer's decision which when you look at Jim Mercer's decision-making this year specifically, it has been awful. It has been absolutely terrible. And I'll be honest, that worries the hell out of me, George, because you can go – we could just – we talked about it. You can have the best candidates, and it could be a defensive guy. It could be – offensive guy doesn't matter. But if Jim Mercer is set on Jeff Saturday or set on someone else for whatever reason possible, and it, even if they're not the best candidates, just Jim Mercer gets fixated on, that, I am very concerned that, again, Jim Mercer is going to be the, the biggest voice or the deciding voice – and what is a massive, massive move here for the Colts and in getting their head coach? Yeah, you know, I, I think I felt for a little while like this was going to come down to Jim Irsay kind of having Jeff Saturday as his choice, and then Ballard's going to go out and find his choice and have to kind of argue that that case and, and, and win the argument. And Ballard didn't say it in so many words today, but it, it feels like that's sort of the case, uh, the way that they're going. The one thing I think that, that does sort of limit my concern on that it's 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 absolutely a concern i mean the way this year's gone uh just look at everything that happened from halloween on it's an absolute concern there's no question about that but i do think at this point jim ursa is going to have to override his general manager and make a decision that he knows is going to be unpopular with the media he knows is going to be un unpopular with the fan base and if I'm Chris Ballard, my number one argument against it to him is that the, the rookie quarterback doesn't need all of this on him. You've It's a circus right now. And if you keep Jeff Saturday, it's it's going to continue to be a circus in terms of the questions that are going to be asked. This rookie quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett the fourth. I don't care who it is that has <laughs> been here. If, if they're struggling in week 14, he doesn't need to be asked questions about Jeff Saturday. And and why he's still here. And that's not something you want to put on a 22 or 23 year old kid or 38, if it's Stetson or whatever, however old he is, you don't want to do that with a rookie quarterback. And I think you've got the circus has to leave town before that kid gets here. And that would be my argument. If, if I'm Chris Ballard, look, you may believe in Jeff Saturday. You may believe he's going to be a good coach someday, but I don't think he's right now. He would have to do a lot to convince me he's the right guy to, to support this rookie quarterback and develop him. And I think just the circus that surrounds him right now, it, it's too much to put on a young kid. That is all common sense. And for 99% of people, especially even, well, I know owners maybe are not the most sensical and logical, so maybe <laughs> that, that percentage is smaller. But for the most part, that makes a lot of sense, and that should be the absolute reason not that you need any to begin with. But those are some great points, George, as to why Jeff Saturday should not be the head coach. Here's what gets you worried, especially from Chris Ballard's press conference today, was that he said, especially when it comes to the decision-making, he said Jim Mercer is a good listener. Now, 
we could do it. Should we very have to break that down because it does not seem like Jim Mersey was listening to Chris Ballard a whole hell of a lot this year whatsoever. That has me concerned. Uh, what also has me concerned is even the way Chris Bauer's talking today about Jeff Saturday, saying that he's a, a smart candidate, a tough candidate, a good teammate, a leader, which I don't agree with a lot of those precedents or, or those characterizations when it comes to just being a head coach. He said that the team did not stop competing, which, again, I would vehemently disagree with. And he also said he's not judging uh, Jeff Saturday on his record, the 1-7 record and the 7 trade loss to finish the year. Chris Bauer just sounded like to me, George, to me, a guy that's trying to – dance around Jeff Saturday's candidacy in a positive way because he knows deep down, even though he wouldn't hire him, there's a real chance he will be hired because of Jim Mercer's thinking, and you're not going to badmouth the head coach. That's probably bad for his job security if the owner is fixated on Jeff Saturday. And that's, to me, for for how we think Chris Ballard views Jeff Saturday, and you kind of look at his body language from the opening presser back in, what was it, November at this point? The way he talked about him, or the way he looked then, compared to the way he talked about him on Tuesday, it sounds like to me deep down, Chris Ballard goes, "This is he has a better shot of being hired than maybe we think." Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, there's no doubt he's a legitimate candidate because the owner likes him. Uh, there, there's no question about that. I don't even think reporting has been anything different than that. I know it was right. straight out in a Tom Pelissero tweet that he said he remains a viable candidate because the owner likes him. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. I, I just think. We don't know how dug in Jim Irsay is. And then that's, I'm always talking about the unanswerable questions for us. And that's one of them right now. We just don't know how dug in he is on, on that opinion. We know he really likes Jeff Saturday. We know that puts him in, in the running. Um, but, you know, how open is he to, to other suggestions? We'll see. The fact that Chris Ballard's running the search, it means he's at least some level of, of open to, to some other suggestions. And I think that helps. The most concerning thing to me among all the questions, was just that that he's not going to judge uh, Saturday on the one and seven record because it was out of tone with everything else Chris Ballard said today. The opening of, of his press conference, when the first words out of his mouth were "I failed," and him talking about you know how these decisions that he makes depend they they determine families' lives, players' families, coaches' families. You know you're, you're messing with with people's livelihoods and how much how how seriously he takes that that level of accountability was honestly missing from Jeff Saturday's press conference the day before. And I thought the one note that that Ballard struck today uh, that, that felt like what Jeff Saturday was talking about was that he wasn't going to judge him on that record. I know the context by that. I know what he's talking about. There's a lot of truth to the idea that we, we talked about it when Jeff Saturday was hired, that it's a really tough situation he was coming into, and it was a no-win situation. Um, but I just feel like Jeff Saturday accepting that alone – there's there's no after that you can't come back and use it as an excuse once you knew nothing changed about this situation from the day he took the job and once you knew that and you accepted the job then it's a results oriented business and you're going to be judged by your results couldn't agree more i think it's the perfect place to stop here george i think you're right because that's the, the tone of Chris Ballard's press conference on Tuesday compared to the tone of Jeff Saturday's on Monday i think it's something we have to definitely dive into and break down because i think you can kind of see that the, the two different schools of thought. I think if you're the Colts looking forward here, there's one school of thought that I think has you going in a positive way. There's one that has you going in a negative way. So a few more breakdowns from Chris Ballard's press conference. One overall theme that you just mentioned that I liked a lot, I think is, again, a, a positive. Even for those doubting Chris Ballard and wanting him fired, I think that that's something that's going to win uh, fans over. So we'll get into that and also break down Jeff Saturday's uh, interesting press conference and his actual candidacy when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 